Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. I think I have an idea how to draw Boba Fett out. So the episode starts off in the ruins of Garce's sanctuary. Uh, they see, we see that it is indeed destroyed. Uh, Boba and his team are discussing on whether or not they should set up shop there or go back to his palace. They decide to stay there. We then cut to Cad Bane uh, and the Pikes uh, discussing the work that they're done. We get confirmation that the Pikes killed Boba's family, his Tuscan family. We see an X-Wing arrive on Tatooine and it's R2 delivering Grogu uh, <laughs> to Peli. Uh, we then get kind of a layout of Boba's team and how they're spread out amongst Mos Espa. Uh, and then Cad Bane walks up to have a bit of a confrontation with Boba. They are about to get into a duel when Fennec pulls Boba back and hold, tells him to let's, let's fight on your own terms. Uh, and then uh, they start to get a little weary as the entire town gets a little bit odd and all of the families. Uh, are no longer going to be neutral, and they decide they're going to turn on Boba and his team. Uh, so Mos Espa becomes essentially a complete loss. Cad Bane had delivered the news that he has killed Cobb Vanth, uh, and that no reinforcements are coming. And so Boba and Din are uh, SOL inside the sanctuary. Uh, they send out the major domo to do negotiations as a distraction. Uh, they fly out all Mando jetpack style, and it's really just an all out, let's try our best to see if we can win this. It's not going so well. But then the people of Freetown arrive as reinforcements, and things start to go okay. And then two giant droidica show up. Oh, yeah. And then things are not going okay. Uh, and then from this point, uh, it's uh, essentially Mandalorian tools and weapons trying to take down these droidicas. Uh, it's not going so well, uh, but uh, with a little bit of help from uh, Santo, uh, Grogu, who shows up on a rickshaw speeder, uh, and the Darksaber, they're able to take down most of a uh, most of one droidica mm -hmm. and then the rancor comes <laughs> boba riding the rancor to take out the last of that droidica uh and then uh essentially the next droidica as well uh we then get uh cad bane doing a final standoff with boba fett there's some confrontation cad wins the duel mm -hmm. shoots boba shoots boba again basically mocks him for going soft and then Boba pulls out something that means a lot to him, his Gadurfi stick, the one that he made with his Tuscan family, and stabs Cad Bane with it, <laughs> killing Cad Bane. And ultimately, everything seems good, except for the Rancor that's on the loose and Boba doesn't have fully tamed yet. And so who's going to have to tame it? Well, the smallest of us all, little Grogu. Grogu uh, is able to tame the Rancor after uh, Daddy Din uh, fails to do so uh, quite miserably and almost getting his head bitten off. Uh, and then the episode uh, quickly cuts to Fennec taking out all of the heads of the, the Pike and the families and the mayor. Uh, and then... Boba and Fennec walking the streets of Mos Espa that they've cleaned up. Uh, people are bowing to them. Everything is good. Uh, they laugh with their friends, uh, the mods and Black Rosantan. Uh, and then we cut up to space with Din and Grogu speeding away uh, off to fight another day in Mando season three. Yeah, and important also that they kind of indicate that maybe being the crime lords of this town was really not what they wanted after all, now that they in fact have it, and they kind of hint that maybe they're just going to give the role to Chrysanthemum 
Uh, and I have like a little, uh, you know, a slight reservation about that. Maybe we want to save it for later in the conversation. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if if that I did I didn't get that, but you're also not the only person who got that. I, he I tossed him the fruit somewhere else. He it kind of seemed uh, like the fruit was symbolic of of being in charge around these parts. Yeah, I don't. I didn't so much see that. Um, Fennec refused the fruit, and Boba took the. I, I don't know. I I still see that as Boba's turf, and he wouldn't want to abandon it. And also, I'm holding out hope because that would make really this uh, a, a very weird, even weirder arc. Well, than that's it already. Is. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say because ultimately, oh, I also think, one other thing: Cobb Banth isn't dead. Thankfully, he's in the back of the tank. Right, which you and I kind of thought anyway. Like it, it would have been yeah. like a really silly, disappointing death. And so when his fella from Freetown comes along and he and he uses the term "cold blood," I was like what the hell, man? They really killed yeah. Cobb Vanth? And so when Boba later said, I can't use my back to tank, it's occupied right now, I was like, oh, thank God, that's got to be Cobb Vanth. And it was in the post credit scene. Uh, I thought it was Black Chrysanthemum until I saw him in the street, and then uh, I flew in. It was Cobb Vanth. Yeah, because uh, Chrysanthemum took a few hits. He he seemed, I loved how indestructible he was. He seemed down for the count a couple of times, and, and credit to you also, because his specific rivalry with Trandoshans was very much on display in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, don't put them in the Trandoshan district. But just going Sorry. back to the back to yeah. the fruit thing, uh, I think overall that this was a very good season finale, and it in many ways was quite satisfying because it was the best of both worlds. Like suddenly the long action sequences, which previously in this season have felt kind of bloated, for whatever reason, feel very satisfying now. And I think in part, in no small part, uh, it's Mando and Grogu are are beefing it up with much more charm. Um, but also it was just they didn't pull any punches. It wasn't it wasn't lame. Like it was really great. But because of how I interpret that fruit and the handing off and because Boba specifically says, uh, mm. maybe we're not cut out for this. Or he, sa he says a line that definitely indicates like, I don't know. Absolutely. I, I was kind of like, all right, well, other than the fact that he learned how to not be a lone gunman and to have virtue and family and also to like, overthrow his uh his old uh nemesis i'm not sure there was really a point in this story if he doesn't ultimately get to be the boss of something because that's what he wanted and by the way i think it's cool that he finally got to kill cad bane although i kind of wish it had been since it was so symbolic to his growth i kind of wish it had been uh teased a little sooner in the season it kind of just seems like it was this like packaged thing that got stuffed in the end he gets this really grand introduction into the series and he's killed, you know, 45 minutes later. Completely agree. I think that Cad Bane was revealed in an episode that had so much that you could have found a way to still put him in in that exact same way. You don't need to change anything, but make the first reveal of Cad Bane occur at a different point in the season. Oh, have yeah. it occur a little bit earlier or maybe some really, really obvious uh, hints, kind of hints there, yeah. the, as to what's to come. But there weren't really anything along those lines. And the fact that Cad Bane wasn't the one who even killed the uh, the Tuscan family, like I just it made so much sense that it was Cad Bane when really it was the Pikes doing that all that dirty work. And so the Pikes were the the big bad but at the same time 
it, Cad Bane was the big moral bad for Boba in that certain way. I mean, I know we're not really doing kind of lines. Uh, we're jumping a little, in, jumping in deep, but um, there was one specifically line from Cad Bane. Uh, I think I have an idea on how to draw Boba Fett out. Yeah. And I thought that that was one of the best lines, maybe just in terms of the way it was constructed that I've heard in a long, long time. Not only is it, I have an idea of how to draw Boba Fett out. It's literal. It's to draw Boba mm -hmm. Fett. Sure. And also to draw Boba Fett out, not this soft old man Yeah. to draw the real Boba Fett out. I'm going to goad him. Mm. I'm going to bring him back to old times. I'm going to And so I just, the fact that I think I have an idea on how to draw Boba Fett out. It's just yeah. the way he even said Boba Fett too. Like it was like he was disgusted as to what he was looking at. But again, that's only rich to the very small demographic of of Star Wars fans like yourself. And and like because there was so much room earlier in this season to swap him in, they could mm. have used some of that time to build up a little bit more context for people who are watching these characters for the first time so many people had no idea who cad bane was and so if they had established a little better that he was his old mentor that they had a duel that's what the ding in the helmet means that there's like this really deep rivalry it would have been so much more meaningful when he calls boba fett an old man or when he says i'm not a little boy anymore those tricks won't work on me and so like it, it's very clear they have a history that was not effectively uh, illustrated mm. in this series, especially since the series overall was incredibly uneven. It's incredible to me that this is the same show that had the uh, the Hut cousins give the Rancor. I get that there's Rancor payoff, and that was really awesome, but I think that was just fan service that it came from the Huts because it like there could have been a much tidier way for everything to mean something. And while I'm talking about Huts, just to go off on a, a train of thought, it occurred to me watching this episode i know that this is a long shot but like what if they decided in the season finale of book of boba fett to retcon the death of jabba the hut what if they decide that he hadn't been strangled to death but he had been choked out because we they do cut away as soon as he's killed and like what if he got revived and makes a comeback i'm not saying that would have been good but like i was open to it considering the huts had been teased earlier in the season. And I never really bought that they just went away after giving Boba this sweet gift. Yeah, it didn't make sense. And I was very disappointed that they were just kind of gone. I'm sure the characters will maybe pop, maybe they'll pop up in Mando season three as a little bit of a, yeah, uh, redemption for, and it would also explain as to why they were introduced here sort of thing. Uh, because otherwise it does seem extremely out of place and weird. Uh, bringing Jabba back would have been horrible in my opinion. I would have hated that. <laughs> yeah. Not only, like, there's no way that giant slug could have gotten off the sail barge. And also uh, in, a, in multiple uh, canon materials, Leia has become known galaxy-wide as Hut Slayer. Gotcha. Uh, and so it's just that would have also been a, a little bit perturbing, but also because it's such a badass moment when she does choke him out. Uh, but I get the the sense that it, it was all it was like this thread that was pulled, and then you you just you couldn't you couldn't stop thinking about it, uh, and it was purely done just so that the rancor could be brought in at the end and ridden, uh, and it was disappointing. Yeah, and ridden, and it was a little bit disappointing that they talked about how much effort it would take 
to learn how to ride the Rancor. And I mean, yes, Din couldn't do it, but we didn't see Boba practice. I guess that's what we assume Boba does while Din is off with Grogu. But you could have cut back to him then. Right. For even like two minutes in like both of the episodes, giving us another scene with Danny Trejo. I think everybody would have been okay with another Danny Trejo scene. <laughs> well, the thing is, they really wanted you to forget that the Rancor was there. They wanted it to seem hopeless. And so they they trusted that since you haven't seen the Rancor in like three or four episodes, you've probably forgotten that after uh you know, after the 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 dissolution of of one of these big uh, uh, droidicas, we're probably out of out of tricks, and then ultimately you hear a roar. And plus, it allowed for them to uh, do some cool Godzilla stuff. And like this show is in part a real homage of genre filmmaking, and that was very prevalent in all the Western stuff. And yeah, exactly. And just King like Kong. Ab- absolutely the. Um, yeah, maybe I'm thinking King Kong more than Godzilla, but it was, I mean, it was monster-esque. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, Boba Fett way. and Robert Rodriguez, like, they, they're doing that on purpose, and in, in that sense, the book of Boba Fett is kind of a love letter to, to old cinema, and that's cool to do that with Boba mm-hmm. Fett, because he's kind of like an old cinema character. He's like the last of that, of that type of uh, mysterious hero, and so um, I thought I it was ag- well-styled, the rank. I would agree, but I think that there was too much going on across the season because yes, while this episode I think was executed really well in that way, I think when you look back at the entire season, it was trying to kind of be a gangster show in the previews. Yep. It was trying to be a gangster show in the modern timeline, but in the flashback timeline, it was a morality tale and about learning lessons. And it was extremely, um, Disney, I'm going to just say Disney uh, in, in, in that way. Uh, but it was also very odd the way that that shifted throughout the series because then it goes dipped into Mando. And then at this episode I did find was a really great blend of all of those traits, the elements from those early episodes. And it works in a way, but when you look at the entire season, I don't think it works. Uh, So I think that so many of the episodes in this, and I'm not the first one to say this, but it almost makes me wonder, you call it the man, you called it the Mandalorian. You can't change that. Boba Fett's still a Mandalorian. It was bonkers in my mind. This was not Mandalorian season three after what we saw. Unless they have a clear plan already for uh, book of Boba Fett season two, it doesn't make sense. You you called it the Mandalorian. You didn't call it the Clone Wars the same way you had such an open-ended title for your previous show where you did all of these kind of intermingling stories that don't necessarily have to be attached per se, but you are doing the exact same thing with the Mandalorian. And you had the opening on the fact that Boba Fett's kind of a Mandalorian, so you could get away with it. Uh, it just, it, it didn't make a ton of sense as to what the purpose of this show was. And there also, are so many great little episodes. Though. Also the Sarlacc thing and the Tuscan thing and like the whole Boba backstory could have been tightened up that way if it was just treated as like a two or three episode arc of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And I can't help but think on some level that the heavy, heavy presence of Din in the second half of this season was patchwork on some level. Like I understand that Favreau wrote the full season and Maybe on paper it looked really good. And by and large, it was pretty good. But like maybe on paper it looked better. And they got halfway through shooting these episodes and they're like, we are 
missing something. There is an X factor that is lacking here, and the problem is we've got four in the can, and so or something. And so what we need to do probably here at the last minute is we were going to bring in Mando and Grogu at some point. Let's make them the stars. And by the way, like they they really signal to that in the final shot of this season when they cut from secondary characters Boba and Fennec to lead characters Mando and Grogu who get to fly off into the sunset. Like, mm-hmm. having been essentially the heroes and the people most on your mind. And so, while I'm sure that's not exactly how the workshopping and the breaking of a Star Wars season goes, it's going to feel, I think, to a lot of casual viewers and just people in general, like... The show wasn't working, and so they had to bring in a ringer. And that is kind of what happened. Yeah, it, it is interesting that Filoni was so heavily involved with that one episode. And it all and it makes it stand out even more in retrospect that maybe it just shouldn't have been. It just it doesn't make sense. That one episode, it was so above and beyond. Episode um, was it five or no six was it was but, it the last episode yeah, last was week. The one with yeah with luke yeah it was, was six yeah yeah uh that episode was bonkers mm-hmm. like there was so much in that episode that was one of the best episodes of star wars tv i don't know i talked about i wanted one of these episodes to be in my top 10 yeah that one probably sure. is in my top that one's in my top five easily no yeah. it, it is uh because i can watch it as just a piece of star wars I'm trying, and that's the thing. I get way more enjoyment out of this show than most people would because it's just a piece of Star Wars. I'm trying to kind of objectively critique the fact that I think it's there's some some sloppy construction, but the contents uh, are are all quite solid, and in some of the cases, absolutely incredible. Uh, but it does really have a lot of consistency issues, yeah. and, and it doesn't make uh, a, t- a tidy p- a present. It seems like it was wrapped with really great wrapping paper, but you, they ran out of wrapping paper and had to switch to a different kind midway through. Well, and just to go back to Cad Bane for a second, and this this builds off what we're talking about in terms of the evenness of the season and how they could have teased him a little bit better. Because there's this idea that these two have a history and maybe in the past they had a sort of kinship, even if it was like not exactly on the level, but they were maybe... They had less beef in the past than they do now. Um, there's obviously like a really strong tradition in Star Wars of meeting up with your your foe who was once your friend and having to kill him. Like that. Ha- that's the, the climax of the original Star Wars movie. And for that to mirror in this context, which is very different from <laughs> Anakin and Obi-Wan, is still very useful, but they don't have the backstory built. And so that's kind of too bad. Uh, on the Rancor... Is it fair to say that this Rancor is way, way, way bigger than the one we see in Return of the Jedi? I don't think so. I think it looked about the same size It just doesn't seem to me like a big door could crush this guy. He just seems like way bigger. I don't know if it's a hydraulic door. Maybe. Uh, It seems possible. But yeah, maybe. Uh, What does... uh, Well, no, he goes to sleep at the end. I was going to say, what takes him out in the end? He doesn't. He goes to sleep. Oh, yeah. Uh, By the way, that that, like Grogu cuddles in for a nap is so hilarious and weird. Oh, but it's so adorable, too. And it's almost like he was going to be able to suck his thumb. He just (laughs) looks so cute. Uh, But back to kind of Cad Bane. It's actually... I'd like to further defend people who aren't as obsessed with star Wars as me. 
in the fact that not only is this backstory not known to everybody who didn't watch the Clone Wars, this backstory isn't even in the finished Clone Wars. Oh, This is from the unfinished episodes of the Clone Wars that you can only access through going to conventions or finding clips of that on YouTube. Off. That's bad storytelling then. Yeah. And so you really, really missed a massive opportunity with all the flashbacks you're doing. Yes. All these flashbacks you're doing to Kid Boba. Oh, my God. We can't get someone who looks just like a young Daniel Logan. Oh, wait a minute. He's wearing a fucking helmet. <laughs> you can absolutely do whatever you goddamn need to. They to had all work. the pieces to make this work fine. Yeah. And you can just do some flashbacks to even that that time period so that you're kind of hinting around it a little bit and to showing even some of the, maybe the jobs. So kind of the, the point that Cad Bane had was he wanted to train Boba Fett up because he never got to kill Jango Fett. Oh. <laughs> and so he, 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 Jango Fett was known to be the best bounty hunter in the galaxy, but Cad Bane believed himself to be. Right. And Cad Bane in the end was because he there. really out, he outlived Django by a good mar by a good margin and yeah. Boba beat him not by being a bounty hunter by being uh, a, a Tuscan a Tuscan yeah and so in that regard Cad Bane does win as the best bounty hunter the galaxy's ever seen at least in that regard uh, and so he will he will go down as the victor there but he wanted to train Boba up and then kill Boba because he wanted to be able to get the the, the pride from that and so he leaves the dent in Boba's helmet. Uh, and Boba leaves a mark on him as well. He's got a, a metal patch in, in, in his head. Right. Uh, but there's no reason you can't do subtle nods to that or even just direct flashes to that in some of those early episodes, as opposed to having the shots of him getting out of the bed and like putting his hand on the window as the slave one flies away. Right, that's that it. doesn't tie the line enough for people. Right. Wild, by the way, that there was only one episode with slave one in the entire TV series about Book of Boba Fett. Where it was really prominently featured, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. That is, yeah, that's a great point. That do is, you, it does seem odd. <laughs> do you feel satisfied with this as Cad Bane's death, knowing the character yes. ahead of time? Yeah, it's good. I yes. mean, it is oh, good. Yeah. yeah, it totally works. It's And I, I, I've always assumed Boba Fett killed him uh, until he he made his return in the Bad Batch mm -hmm. so that we know he, he survived. Uh, and so beyond that point, I've just still in my head assumed that uh, Boba Fett's still going to one day get the, get the opportunity to kill him. And so that worked for me completely. And it also means that we now have an extra 25, no, an extra like 30 some odd years, 33 years or something, 34 sure. years of Cad Bane doing cool shit in the galaxy that we can canonize now. So that's great. I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me that he died as a really old man here. He is so old. He is like over a hundred years old, probably. I know. And for him to look at Boba and say, you're going soft in your old age, which by the way, is yeah. a really good exchange. Cause then uh, Boba says, we all do. It's a, yeah. it's a good moment. Uh, okay. Let's talk about Grogu, the little green man. Oh. Didn't really <laughs> expect to see him again this season. Couldn't have been happier than to see him. Um, did you indicate in your recap that R2 was piloting the X-Wing? Because I may have been a fool who thought it was actually Grogu who was flying an X-Wing fighter. Oh, really? Well, oh, because actually, th that's funny. So it was definitely R2, but even Pelly has in a the, line. He's in the cockpit, and, and Pelly kind of like says something. Did you fly this thing all by yourself or something? And so I don't know. 
she she did say that but the, the what i wrote down is the funny line was the line she says to one of the pit droids after i know an astromech flew the ship oh, <laughs> she I says that, that directly too. yeah and it, it's just funny the way that she delivers it too but yeah no rc was, was flying i mean we both predicted last week that we thought grogu would pick mando over the jedi i really didn't think that not that i, I really didn't think that wouldn't be drawn out like that would happen off screen and mm. like i i assume there's going to be some other kind of jedi connection he doesn't just get to go on being a, a mandalorian with a tremendous amount of force power but then again they're not going to want to bring luke skywalker in all the friggin time either i don't know there's going to be more story to tell there but like to see him wearing the the chainmail and and mando says you're wearing the the shirt and the leap hug when he appears oh my God. on the speeder and he just like lunges at Mando and they're like, oh, I'm happy to see you too. In a moment yeah. of, of otherwise panic is just like fills your heart with so much, so much warmth. Oh, it was so joyful to see him jump like a little frog uh, up into his arms. And he's just so excited and the, the babbling that he does. Oh, I'm happy to see you too, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is. It's a really sweet moment. Grogu uh, stole the show in like I've, I love Beast and Grogu, obviously, but Grogu, I really thought, stole this episode with yeah. the Rancor move and just the absolute cuteness of the cuddle up next to him and, and the jumping into Din's arms. The walking, uh, those... when he like walks out into the street in his little yeah. sack. Oh, and and does his little like concentrate <laughs> movement and like raises his hand. It's and he does a great job taking down one of those awesome uh, Droidica droids. Uh, do you want to talk with them? Those were great. I was, oh man, those were amazing. They're called Scorponek droids, and they were uh, from. Uh, I think they appeared maybe in some small or very few Legends content, but they're initially from uh, concept art from the prequels. They really, and we use this metaphor quite a bit, but they really gave me a dungeon boss vibe in a video game. Like, especially when like Mando goes around back to hit them in like hit them on their weak spot and then they turn around and then you got to go hit them on their weak spot as many times as you can. Like it, and then hit them in the eye and then hit them in the eye to, to finally wipe them out. So there was definitely, yeah. Once you get their shields down, hit them in the eye. Like that just really felt like video game. And you know, it didn't last too long for me. It went on for a while, but I never stopped mm. being quite entertained. And then when Grogu just like crushes one with his mind, it takes a while, it takes a lot of concentration, but he's able to just kind of shred it with his powers. And that was so satisfying. I like the fact that he specifically like pulled out a bolt. Like there was one yeah. that's just like, just this flew right to him and then everything goes to shit from there. And then the Rancor uh, dusts off the final pieces. But yeah, Din really at a couple moments is letting Grogu do his thing. And, yeah. and that's the thing I think that could be more interesting about the way that their relationship develops is if Grogu has picked up enough from his Jedi training with Luke that he's able to seemingly defend himself. Maybe he doesn't get quite as tired. Maybe he's able to do more. And I do think that he will live the Mandalorian way with these Jedi powers. I think that's sure. very like Ahsoka's not really following the Jedi way per se. Uh, and there are, there are enough force users roaming around the galaxy. I think he's going to maybe one day find a Jedi who he can kind of connect with a little bit more and maybe learn some deeper meanings of the force with i mean that could but, be ray right like like way in the future it could absolutely be ray does not follow the traditional force path 
it could be Ray or 50 or 100 years after Ray. Totally. And that's the yeah. benefit of Grogu is we have so much time with, with him. But I would absolutely, absolutely 100% put uh, a confident $20 on uh, Ray and Grogu. Uh, being on yeah. screen together yeah. at, in the next 15 years. That'd it will sweet. absolutely happen. And yeah, it would make a ton of sense for Grogu's uh, actual uh, next Jedi master to be Rey after the first, both of their first Jedi master being Luke. So I think that would be kind of cool. Well, and Rey is also a Skywalker. And so they're all kind of part of the same little family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really nice. I guess I don't have a whole lot more thoughts about it. Um, do we think that uh, Flashdance is dead when her her bar got blown up? Uh, oh yeah, I think she's definitely dead. Yeah. Uh, I um, oh, I do want to. I have some 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 take backs. Um, man, those mods they bugged me more this episode than anyone else. Uh, the Power Rangers. They. Uh, I hate the acting was so atrocious from the uh, Sophie Thatcher. Sophie Thatcher. Name? She gives me a real Ali Sheedy in the breakfast club, uh, breakfast club vibe and, and not in a good way. Cause I wouldn't want <laughs> Ali Sheedy in the breakfast club within, I don't know how many parsecs of star Wars because like, it's just a very bad fit that she's like wearing clothes from hot topic. It's such a bad fit. Not yeah, a fan. Just, it does not look right. And same with the other guy. The British accents are wrong. If you're from Tatooine, if you're like so righteous, uh, self-righteous uh, about being from Tatooine, first of all, you shouldn't rip people off and steal from them. Mm -hmm. And also you shouldn't have a British accent Agreed. because no one else does from Tatooine. Great point. No one ever has. And so it, it does not make any sense that's trying to... Uh, it's that's trying too hard to incorporate other elements of Star Wars into Tatooine when Tatooine is going to feel like the, the reason they're there is to add like a little color to Tatooine. Yeah. Sorry, Tatooine doesn't have color. Those that's motorcycles the point are, of going to yeah. different planets in Star Wars so that you don't get bored being on just Tatooine. Mm -hmm. And that is the problem with having a completely grounded show for what is the was it five of the seven or six of the uh, five of the seven episodes and so that is something that i think star wars can maybe learn a little bit from uh on on in that area because the, i don't think i would hate these characters as much if they weren't on tatooine maybe uh, but i do think some of the dialogue that they have was pretty shitty uh in the beginning of the episode and in the uh i grew up around here right. and the fighting with the Freetown people. I think you're stuff. onto something in the idea that if they had been from somewhere else, they wouldn't be as irritating because they wouldn't stand out as so wrong. Uh, like mm -hmm. maybe it wouldn't even occur to me that they're kind of uh, out of place if they were a street gang from Coruscant because of like how advanced they look. I still don't think I'd be like a great fan of them because as you said, the acting's not great and the dialogue's really not that great. Um, and also they really have no... Uh, influence on the story they're just bodies because our mm. people needed more allies and they forgot to develop some more in um at one point cl clearly they're kind of toxic because they turn other characters bad at one point uh fennec says to i guess it's uh sophie thatcher uh Ooh, manners i like it and i cringed yeah. so hard it was brutal yeah that was a bad one absolutely uh but that was pretty much everything and that's the thing even after a badass moment from fennec it was still annoying because they were 
the the kind of the recipients of the of the saving. Yeah. But there was some good lines in the episode. Sure. There were some great ones from Cad and Pelly. I'll go through some of those. Um, I think I have an idea on how to draw Boba Fett out. Um, if that's not the cat, if that's not the quack to calling the stippling slimy again, I was happy to have that one return. I liked that one. I thought that was a good Star Wars one, especially after Boba used it last time. Yeah. Uh, and the way he Cad says. You mean the one that massacred your Tuscan family and blamed it on a speed bike gang? Mm-hmm. Like just, it, it was so uh, old school. I'm just goading you in the most Western way. It was excellent. Great taunt. Um, yeah, the, the the what's your angle mm-hmm. uh, as well. Uh, like not believing that you're this, like this is not who you are, Boba. Um you gave it a shot. You tried to go straight, but you've got your father's blood pumping through your veins. You're a killer. Yeah. Uh, now's about time you jet off to your back to tank. Consider this my final lesson. Look out for yourself. Anything else is weakness. How did he know Just that he's been spending so much time in this had. back to tank? He seems to like have an inside scoop on what Boba's been doing for, for rehab. Has he been spying on Boba? I, mean, I think he I, has I, been. I guess, he, yeah. knew about, uh, he knew about Cobb Vance having his armor mm-hmm. and so it seems like he's been doing some recon and boba's got a little obsessed there yeah um but pelly a couple lines from her whoa grogu that's a terrible name <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was funny she's really uh, out of her well, element here i've grown to like the character quite a bit but like she's really in over her head in this action sequence in a way that's like and- amusing i suppose yeah, and I'm really happy that she's grown on me so much. I've really enjoyed her appearances uh, in this season. Yeah, me too. Uh, or, uh, sorry, in this TV show. <laughs> right. <laughs> because this is not a, another season of The Mandalorian. Uh, well, look at you all fancy talking about Grogu's uh, chainmail. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, I did like when Boba and Din had the exchange of, you sure you want to stay? This is the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Din just kind of resigned to whatever ridiculous allegiance he has to. This is the way, and those who wear that armor. And so, he uh, he's willing to to die for it. Uh, I guess he didn't realize that uh, that Grogu was so close by, or maybe he wouldn't have made such a a brash decision. But. Pretty anticlimactic ending for the mayor, who was perceived to be this like really. Uh, really daunting big bad in the first half of the season. I know we've complained a lot about the unevenness of this season, but for the first three episodes, we didn't even get to see the mayor. And it was kind of, we were led to believe that he was like a really big threat and cool design, but we only saw him in two scenes in the whole season. And he ended up, ended up being kind of a wimp. um, Although he gets killed in a pretty brutal manner. He gets killed in a very cool way. Yeah. And I just was, I was disappointed because I thought the character was extremely menacing yeah and was just portrayed by robert rodriguez in a really really excellent way and he's not even an actor right um and so i i was disappointed because the character then kind of got neutered a little bit as being not so cutthroat after all uh and then getting i again his throat strung up and or cut (laughs) who directed this episode this one was Robert Rodriguez. Okay, good. I don't have any more uh, thoughts on this. I don't know if you have any trivia that I won't I won't know the answers to. Uh, I do. I have some trivia. Okay. Uh, can Can you name one of the mods? Uh, it was like Shab or Shard or 
stink or drash drash and scad were okay, okay. scad i was kind of close with scad i knew it was just dumb like were noises grunt noises mm. i was also happy the bartender got named his name is tanti okay uh, which i'm just that was a gripe i have about the mandalorian in general just the number of characters in that show that don't have names That's right. yeah, yeah, and yeah. so i was happy that he got a name and that they're not going to that that doesn't seem to be a new thing that they're doing in Star Wars. It seems like they're starting to fill in those blanks. I'm happy about that. Yes. Um, what schooling and on which planet did the mayor's major domo attend? Uh, I think he said from Coruscant because he mm-hmm. he indicated that like he was he's like I'm not trying to brag. I don't remember mm-hmm. what he was schooled in. Although I guess the point of that monologue is I'm really good with negotiation tactics. So is am yeah, I? Yeah. Finishing school is what it was specifically, but okay. yeah, finishing so school. Prep school. Fin- finishing academy on course. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, I hope we don't see any more of him, by the way. I don't think, we, I don't know where we yeah. would. We, there's no need to have him anymore. He doesn't work for anybody. He's not a threat, as he said. Let's just get rid of him. Yeah, he's an, he's an annoying character. Yeah. Uh, did not fit in the series and was very unnecessary. Yeah. And uh, where does Fennec kill the Pike and family leaders? Uh, you mean in that final scene when she assassinates everybody? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just figured it was somebody's office. Well, you got one of the words right. Okay. Uh, it was the Moss Eisley Desert Survey Office. Okay. All right. <laughs> I would not have gotten that. So yeah, I, the Major Domo right. says specifically, oh, the, the Moss Eisley... Uh, Desert Survey Office, to be specific, or whatever he says, and after being taunted. But, I thought yeah. that was a good moment because there was so much going on that it was easy to forget that uh, Fennec was nowhere to be seen. And so, in fact, she had mm. been, like, on her own, like, taking out the the executives, like, on her own being side an mission. assassin. Yeah, like, that was, that was really quite perfect for her. Hmm. Yeah, overall, it was uh, it was a good season of Star Wars television. It was enjoyable in that regard, but it was uh, a, a weird uh, execution of the concept of the Book of Boba Fett. So uh, was, I won't uh, I won't it, soon rewatch the first four episodes of this season someday. Yeah. But like ahead of Mando season three, I'll probably rewatch the most recent three episodes. But I'm not in any hurry to rewatch the Boba Tuscan origin story again. Yeah, I would I would agree. It's good, but it's not necessarily the most rewatchable. It's right there. And I, I was kind of thinking about this today. The the highs of this season or series uh, were right up there with some of the highs of Mando. Yeah. But the the lows were right there with uh, some of the lows in Solo. And so yeah, well it said. was uh a, a a real range and and that just is very weird to process uh but not not a bad thing when i look at the way that the clone wars was constructed uh that has a lot more than seven episodes but when you look at the the whole mixed bag of it there are some things in it that are the worst things uh in canon right. uh, and then there are some things in it that are n- like right at the bloody tip top and so it's uh, you just have to take the good with the bad and uh, in, enjoy the good. And overall, like there wasn't really bad in it. It was just parts that were not as like edge of your seat enjoyable as maybe uh, the Mandalorian tends to be around Christmas time. Now, this is just the first new Star Wars of 2022. We do not have to wait that long before there's more, which leads us nicely to probably the biggest bit of Star Wars news this week. 
Yes, that would be the fact on May 25th, we are getting Obi-Wan Kenobi Mm -hmm. and we have the poster for it. Yes, we do. And so we, interestingly, I have not looked into anything anybody has said about this, but did anything stand out to you on it? There's one thing that stands out to me, I think. Uh, I don't know about the design, although I'm curious to hear about this. Um, I, I assume you know that it's being released on the 45th anniversary of Star Wars, the original movie. Yes, on May 25th. Yes. Already some people complaining about it not being May the 4th, but it's actually a more significant date than that, which is really, really nice. I mean, I tell you, it's yes. one of those very um, minimal posters. You just It's a wide shot. It's quite far back, and you see... Um, uh, partially robed Obi-Wan, uh, Ewan, of course, uh, walking through a very like barren wasteland on Tatooine. Um, he looks more like, I mean, not just because he's playing this, he's played by the same actor, but he looks more like Revenge of the Sith Obi-Wan than than A New Hope Obi-Wan. He still has some brown in his hair color. I don't know if, if your question has anything to do with that iconic Phantom Menace poster, which is also like similarly balanced in terms of one character in the sand. Um, no, that's it's not what I was getting at. But uh, I wonder if if the shadow is is anything interesting. Probably it doesn't not. appear to be. Uh, the thing that stands out to me, and I could be wrong because it's so so small, uh, is that he's holding a lightsaber. Yes, and yes, he is. He's holding is a, tur- a, a, a turned off lightsaber. Yes, and it very much appears like he is holding Anakin's lightsaber. Oh, not his own. I wouldn't have so that makes sense you it's it's the shape of the graph flex that is not the shape of his lightsaber okay uh, and you zoom in and it's even more clearly the shape of the graph flex and not the shape of his lightsaber so that is is he bearing a gift for his old friend is he going to try and coax him back with the the saber that he built as a jedi is he going to fight anakin with his own saber is anakin going to have to fight against that saber again the same way that he fought against luke in uh in empire that could be cool that could be very cool especially this, seeing as obi-wan wielding it that is for sure um not an accident so you might be onto something there but i'm not i'm not so sure that this is like a still from the show in fact we know that it's not it's it's artwork meant to tease mm. the show and create you know d- generate exactly this kind of conversation but just yeah. contextually i think that this is obi-wan walking into his new uh existence as a loner i think that this is not just like him going out for for bread i think that this is him getting to tatooine if i if i apply some kind of story to the image i'm looking at i think this is him just getting here and so in a sense oh. he he you know, walked away from Mustafar with that lightsaber in his hand. I'm not saying this is, you know, like 20 minutes after that. I'm just saying that no. like this is this is our um, opportunity to see what happens essentially after that moment, after we left that version of the character. And so this is him walking, you know, on the same path with the same things in his hands, the same tools at his disposal. That's really interesting. Uh, he it definitely age-wise aligns with kind of that mindset too uh, and since he doesn't look too much older i kind of view it a little bit more as that he's lost there he's sure. kind of just lost in the desert and sort of lost in what he's supposed to do and he's not he's not the one who gets to raise luke he's somebody who's just supposed to be there from a distance my guess is he's going to be rejected by it wouldn't surprise me if he tries to be in luke's life and we see him actively being rejected from luke's life yeah that's Uh, possible 
And oh, you think he, Lars will be like, no, don't come around here, you old wizard? Yeah, you crazy yeah. old wizard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that you're just going to bring danger wherever you come. Yeah, that, that makes it, sense, actually. It wouldn't surprise me if like Obi-Wan has to beat somebody up and and Owen sees it in town or Baru sees it in town. And it's just like, it's extra reason not for it, like to like, Oh, we got to keep him away. And like, who, who knows? Uh, but it's also a matter of the, the premise of this show, uh, the, everything that they're talking about, everything that they lay down um, is that it's about him battling with uh, his greatest failure uh, in failing Anakin. Yeah. And so that, also kind of aligns with him being lost. But now I'm also looking at the poster one more time and I see specifically that they choose his lightsaber for the eye in Kenobi. So oh, they made okay. sure to get that right as well. Uh, that is the Obi-Wan lightsaber design. But you know what else? I'm looking again. It's definitely the graphics in the sand. I'm also noticing there is very decisively only one sun in this Tatooine horizon. Now there are a lot of clouds. That's not true. There are two. What? There's one right behind him, and then there's one like right next to that, right behind him. Yeah, it's just one of them setting. Oh, I guess. Well, okay. There's, there's, yeah, I mean, there's obviously an easy metaphor to play with in the dual sunset and the 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 duality between Anakin and Obi Wan, or or like the the fact that there's two sons and only one Obi Wan here living by himself in the cave is is interesting juxtaposition symbolically. Well, let's go on that a little bit more. One of the sons is half set. One of them is still fully out. One of them is still light. Oh, one of them it. still has a little light left. Oh, I love it. That's really nice. Will Will he get to it before the sun sets or will the sun set? Wow, beautiful. I mean, this series is going to be a tragedy because we oh know my God, yes. We know that it doesn't, it's not going to result in either he or Anakin dying, but we know he's not successful. We know by the time we pick up with the character again, Vader is more evil than ever. And I just, the way I look is, still one of my like one of my favorite moments in star wars is one of the most tragic ones it's the you and my brother anakin so i'm expecting and you just i I can't expect uh kind of an elongation of that but you kind of like it is going to be in a bit of an expansion i'm Mm -hmm. sure there will be some connections to those moments around that specific point there will be direct tie-ins to that duel there's there has to be and so uh, I just, I, I, I cannot wait, but yeah, those are the gut wrenching moments. And so it'll be a weird kind of uh, nostalgia grab. Whereas when you see Luke Skywalker, you get all excited to see he's going to train Grogu. Um, and this will be a totally different, this will be pure, just gut punch, gut punch, gut punch. I'm so excited for Hayden Christensen too, man. I think that mm. he is, and I haven't seen the show. I have no reason to have this much faith in it, but I just, I choose to. And I, I think that because you know, the bar is low for reasons that aren't worth discussing. Uh, people are going to be so pleasantly surprised by what he's capable of in the right hands. And and mm. uh, I think that the acting could be really, the dynamic between the two of them could be really emotional and incredible. And I, I, I can't wait to see what they do. Yeah. And on top of that, uh, I, we talked about it briefly last week after the podcast. Uh, I had seen a clip on just on, on YouTube of, of an extended practice run of the fight scene between uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan. Uh, but it was Hayden Christensen and Nick Gillard, who is the stunt choreographer and, and fight choreographer for Star Wars. And so it was him, it was Nick Gillard playing the role of Obi-Wan 
and Hayden Christensen doing his Anakin parts. Yeah. But it was a different fight. It was a, a faster and more intense fight. And it was insane. And it just shows you how athletic Hayden Christensen is and how incredible he is with a lightsaber. Grace. And I think for that reason and for so many other, I, I imagine we're going to, I I hope we have him in the Darth Vader suit during the fight. Mm. Uh, shoot it in a way that makes him look bigger because uh, you need to make him bigger. But I don't care. Hayden Christensen has fought like Anakin. And so, and he fought like Anakin to, he learned how to fight in a way that would resemble the way Darth Vader would fight as a cyborg too. And so it's just, he, he knows that part of the character so well, the physicality. And it reminds me of the way that Adam driver has such command over mm. Kylo Ren's physicality and the fact that we praise him for that. But Anakin did the exact same thing. He would just had to, adhere to the physicality of David Prowse playing a cyborg from the seventies as a heartthrob 20 year old. Yeah. And I'm sorry, that's a lot harder than yeah. creating your own new character. Right. Uh, and so I think he deserves to be applauded. Uh, and so, like you said, can't wait for him to get that kind of potential redemption arc. That's obviously the big one is the, the Obi-Wan announcement, which is now like official official. Um, what else, anything else going on? Not too much, but another big piece of news, and that is that Andor is getting a season two. Right, I heard uh, that. And that it is going to be uh, filming uh, soon, uh, in this year, later this year, I think. It's going to be filming season two. Uh, and there's also heavy, heavy rumor or leak or reveal or non-announcement, but through the grapevine, it appears that it is a, a fully determined arc and that it is going to be a three season series. Great. Uh, and I, I think that's awesome. Trilogy. I like that they had that planned ahead. Yep. Yep. That sounds really good. I think I heard that too. Uh, good. We good for birthdays. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Happy birthday on Thursday, February 10th to Laura Dern. And on Sunday, uh, speaking of Anakin, happy birthday uh, on February 13th to Pernilla August, Shmi Skywalker. Did we see her come back? Which do I have a fever dream where she like got a cameo in some kind of Star Wars thing? Or what am I thinking? No, you're thinking of uh, the Mortis arc. She's yeah, remember. That's right. Right. They so they yeah. actually got her voice in there to to place me in a flashback. Yeah, I wonder the if they'll sons. be able to use that for for Obi Wan Kenobi. I could see it. There's context for that. Yeah, there's context for it. I mean, I don't I, like Obi Wan never met Shmi, so that wouldn't help. No, but Anakin's going to be in uh. the show. Oh, yeah. And in terms of all the flashback that he has. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. That'd be really awesome. That'd be really awesome. Okay, well, if you want to uh, send us any of your thoughts on the book of Boba Fett, obviously, we've got uh, many of them. All of us do. You can uh, email us, recorder66podcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at recorder66. Uh, if you're listening to the Recorder 66 podcast, be sure to uh, rate and review on whatever app you use. If you're joining us on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. Coming up in the podcast, we are going to do a top six episodes uh, episode where we just break down all the things that we liked most about the book of Boba Fett, because it turns out this episode, we actually griped a lot. Do you find that we, uh, we actually had a lot of criticisms overall as we talked about the, the season? Yeah, I think it was more a criticism on not necessarily execution, um, but planning. And so I'm far more okay to criticize planning, especially when I think the execution was good. Yeah. I just think that the planning mixed with the execution made for a very weird uh, expectation 
and uh, a, a, a muddled product that was very enjoyable, but one that uh, doesn't stand well on the shelf on its own. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. More Recorder 66 on the way very soon. And until we are together again, may the force be with you.